Salam Radio Show acknowledges that the land from which we're broadcasting is the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. The colonial project is ongoing and continues to disenfranchise First Nation people. I recognize that sovereignty has never been ceded and like to pay my respect to elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Salam Radio. Salam y'all and welcome to Salam Radio Show. I'm your host Marushti and today we have um, a really special guest. Um, whilst I'm speaking, I will be uh, playing uh, some of her music. Uh, her name is Sia Ahmed, and uh, yeah, I'll give I will give an introduction to her um, after a couple of tracks.
Jitty Rose. I'm here with Jahan and Yan. Hi Jahan, how are you going? Yeah, good. Jahan is back from. Sorry, I didn't put you on. Um. Jahan, uh, you're back from Europe. How yeah, are you going? it's good. It's good to be back. My family lives there, so good to see my family. Nice, nice. You look so refreshed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're here on Salam. We have uh, playing Amunisa's song by uh, Sia Shoeb or Sia Ahmed Shoeb. Um, uh, and the song is from her EP called um, In the Right and the EP is called Facade. I wanted to give an introduction uh, to Sia Shoeb. Uh, Sia Shoeb is an um, incredible songwriter, artist, improviser and curator based in Canberra. Uh, she has a rich and extensive background in Australian music. Uh, Sia Ahmed has been creating idiosyncratic sounds over the last decade and more. Using a guitar, keyboard, voice and electronics, she works both as a singer, composer, an improviser when performing solo as Shoab Ahmad, as well as a collaborative projects. She has released a diverse range of original music while also um, working on sound design for dance theatre, installation pieces and contemporary chamber composition. Inspired by the 20th century album classical works, Indian raga, and uh, minimalist electronic music. Her latest uh, EP, uh, Facade, which we're playing um, at the moment, was released in October 2021 on the Providence Collective. She has performed throughout Australia, Japan, New Zealand, the UK, and Southeastern Asia as a solo artist and with acclaimed groups such as Sensor Round, Spartak, Tangents, and the Australian Art Orchestra. I'm gonna let this music play out and we'll be back with uh, Sia Shorb, where she's gonna be talking to us live. We just gave her a phone call and we'll be talking to her soon, so stay tuned. You're listening to Salam Radio Show. I'm your host, Marushti, and I'm here with my co-host, Jahan. Salam. <laughs>
Hello, Sia. Are you with us? Can you hear us on the phone? Hey, how are you going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited to have you with us. I did a yeah, long introduction. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, uh, it's our pleasure. I will introduce you to Jahan. He's my co-host. Salam, hey, Sia. Assalamualaikum. Alaikum <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to be speaking to you. Yeah, it's really great to be on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's our honor having you. Yes. Um. Yeah, we're really excited to, to have you on the show. Um. How are you today? How are you feeling? Yeah. yeah good. Good. You know, Sundays—they're never long enough. <laughs> 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 you know, they come and go, and it's there back to back to the normal work day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back to the loop. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess like one of my first questions is um, if you can tell us a little bit about your heritage as a Bangladeshi artist who's um, Australian. Um, can you tell us about your background and um, yeah, how, how did that influence your music and your taste and yeah. In your career. yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, I mean, I was born in Western Sydney, in Parramatta, and then I moved to Canberra, onto Ngunnawal country, when I was around four years old. My parents are from Bangladesh. They were born there. They were raised there. They actually they left Bangladesh to study, and they um landed in Australia after a couple of other stops before then. And then yeah, we settled down here, and I was born. So, I'm like. <laughs> I, I kind of come across as pretty ochre Australian at times, but I'm pretty I'm pretty Bangladeshi as well. Like I'm very much you know um, walking that line, towing tiptoeing between both kind of cultural divides, only because um, living in Canberra itself is a it was fairly monocultural. It's definitely more multicultural now. But I grew up you know like living in an Anglo predominantly Anglo world and school and like predominantly Bangladeshi community feeling outside of school so I kind of had the best of both worlds yeah. and that was really nice like I had a good sense of my roots my culture cultural heritage even if my friends and my peers during you know that formative those formative years we were kind of always like trying to unpick what it means to be both Australian and both Bangladeshi and what that means and then being um, a Muslim as well really kind of was a big part of that I guess normally I'm culturally Muslim I'm, I, you know I still believe in Islam and various tenets of that it's a big part of my faith system but um, you know I'm also you know juggling a lot of different things with my identity so I'm kind of pushing and pulling between various um, thoughts and feelings around that across all my kind of spectrum of gender and identity and race and that kind of thing. But yeah, like growing up, I also like learned tobla, which is the traditional Indian Amazing. percussion instrument. Yeah, and so like that's kind of where that influence the Indian raga um, stuff came through. But we also, you know, I used to go to a lot of prayer at like Easter mm. time and stuff like that. So I was, and I traveled to Bangladesh quite a lot. I can hear all that well. in your in your music, um, especially yeah. one of my favorite tracks is Hipless. Yeah, um, it's yeah. I'm gonna play it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an amazing track, and uh, uh, yeah, I can I can hear what you're saying at the moment. You can hear prayers. You can hear a tabla in it. Um, 
uh, is, uh, but also you have a very wide range of music, so you can also feel the Australian influence, like Western yeah. influence. Yeah, the Western yeah. influence. The Western influence, and like I think when I was like in my late teens, I really discovered punk rock, but yeah. I also discovered like post-punk rock. So like bands like The Sleep and The Raincoats, and even like discovering early industrial music, which you know kind of led into discovering like this Welsh artist called Muslim Gores, who you know all all Muslim Gores did was sample like you know sample of all Middle Eastern percussion and like those kind of tonalities and kind of um, use it as a platform to raise awareness of the Intifada, you know <laughs> like. So yeah. for me, it was always like, ah, this is really interesting. And those, because I'd grown up with those sounds of tonalities, and then kind of hearing it through the spectrum of Western music as well, I was always like, ah, oh, this is really interesting to think about how I can blend those contexts together and just kind of create something that really speaks to me as an artist. And I guess for a long time I did, you know, a lot of punk rock, straight up kind of noisy guitar-based music. And I still do, but I kind of, I'm really in a place now where I want to explore, like I love field recording. And so a lot of the sounds on Hipless and the most recent records, they're all field recordings I took in like India, Bangladesh, and Malaysia. Amazing. And, you know, like just kind of so like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of prayer calls and the sounds of like, you know, people watching television, which just happens to be like Bollywood films or whatever, you know, just hovering in the background. And it's kind of like how to create a world or a collision of different environments within the world and have a musical setting, but it's kind of its own unique, distinct place as well. And so being able to do that in the live setting as well as the recorded setting is probably my most, you know, that's the thing I'm really excited about doing at the moment, how to just put all of my interests and, like, influences all together and make a big kind of mush, soup, stew kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds incredible. Like... Um, I really feel yeah. that you're, um, like, no matter what kind of musical, like, direct musical um, uh, path you're taking, it was really that, like, punk rock seems to have really, um, like, informed your DIY aspect to everything. Mm. Absolutely. Like, I think so much of, like, music listeners get caught up in, like, the idea of punk rock as a, as a sonic style. Mm. But to me, punk rock is exactly that. It's an... It's an aesthetic. It's a way of living, mm-hmm. yeah. and I kind of I tell I tell, tell a lot of people like the way I live as a human being is like deeply informed by being like having Islamic based faith systems as much as being you know into punk rock and what that means mm-hmm. and having you know like a guide to living that's informed by good values. Mm. And I think punk rock is full of that like that sense of community of punk rock. Yeah, it's like not too dissimilar to the sense of community that you know I think a lot of people of our background feel growing up as well. So it's quite interesting to think about, as I get older, I think about the parallels between these things that inform my life. And I think, yeah, no, they're actually more incongruous than I thought they would be. Yeah. Yeah, for I always feel that there's nothing more punk rock than incorporating field recordings into your music. Because yeah. it's just, <laughs> yes. it's interacting with the community directly. It's uh, yeah, doing absolutely. all these things. Absolutely. And, and like I, um, yeah, speaking about field recording, um, at we we have had a book too for a gig uh, co- co- called Iowa Syndicate at uh, Miscellanea 
At NAM, uh, on the 8th of July, you performed a full hour set of um, live music. And I noticed in that set there was lots of live recordings of like noise on the street, cars beeping. Um, and it's, it was just so refreshing to hear that in a, in a club setting too. And yeah, to feel like you're part of a landscape that you're painting for us. Um, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that set. How did you feel performing it? What was your, was there a plan for it? Was there um, an intention behind it? Yeah, look, I think it was interesting doing that that particular um, sonic performance in the club. You know, I love performing in the club, um, yeah. but I usually do it in a, you know, either with like guitars and like drums, or I do it with beats, mm -hmm. um, and it's quite more direct. So it was quite interesting kind of being like, okay, I'm going to bring the outside in. I'm going to create this space, this kind of natural environment. And, you know, I think everyone who was zoned in on that was really... Um, really taken into that journey, which I was really like, oh, that's really great that it translated here. It's, you know, deep reflective listening is such a big thing for me, and I love to be able to introduce people to that mm -hmm. and, like, have people who are already up for that journey, like, really kind of come with me there. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, I love layering field recordings, like I was saying. I love creating a new world, a new space that kind of has different elements, different context from different locations and bring it together into one kind of harmonious harmonious place and there's you know taxis coming by baby taxis <laughs> took, took, coming by but then you've got crickets you've got yeah sounds of television in the background you've got bells you know like so all that kind of thing really nice to be able to kind of create that in a big big kind of um deep listening experience so it was really nice to do that and for me the field recordings that I use, they're all coming off the iPhone I actually made them on as well, so that iPhone That's the most the punk rock way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, like, you know, I, again, like, make the most of what you've got, and I've always done that, and I'm like, I take, it's, I mean, I've got a new iPhone to speaking on, but I have this old iPhone which is just loaded full of field recordings from all over the world, and it's so nice to bring that um, on my journey with me and be able to kind of look back and reflect and think about, okay, this this moment's going to sit really well with this in real time and create that live collage of environments for everyone to kind of sink their, um, their minds into. Yeah, like, so I was wondering with the field recordings, especially the ones that you take um, in Bangladesh and in, in uh, outside of Australia, do you feel that you have almost this kind of, I don't know, like ambassador role, representation role uh, for audiences that like in Australia and maybe elsewhere who aren't familiar uh, with those regions of the world and especially the music from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's like almost like it's an extension of my, those influences um, that we were talking about because for me, when there's no field recordings, I might be thinking about, well, how do I have a raga feel mm. in like a guitar rock song? But when I'm using field recordings, I think the best thing for me is being able to say, oh, there's a, this is what this landscape sounds like. This is kind of like cause for me and what I've grown up with or what I'm experiencing or what I've experienced. And it's nice to be able to share this, you know, this world, this sound world anyway, with people where they may not be, you know, be experienced, um, may not have experienced that in the past, I should say. It's nice, I think. 
I don't know if it's like a full ambassadorial role, but I think there's something about providing awareness mm. about the world at large. And like that, I guess I'm privileged to be able to do that, no. which is really like, I'm not, I'm very aware of that. Like, I think as I, as I get older and I keep, you know, performing and making records, I'm really aware of like, actually part of that privilege is to be responsible enough with the influences and sounds I'm lucky to have in my life and bring them into the world and share them with people. Yeah. And so it's it's something, it's something to be able to finally feel 100% comfortable at how this all works together and have some sort of like light in my mind, like, yes, this is how it's going to sit and I can speak to that journey and you know, I want I want people to ask questions. They're like, "Oh, where's that sound from?" Or, you know, why why is there you know what what are those build recordings like? Or why are you using that kind of beat? Or why is you know why is this tone like this? Yeah, cool. Um, underneath us is playing deficit. Um, there's uh, in in a lot of your song. There's a female voice. And I'm wondering, um, is this your voice or is this like someone you always work with? Because I, I feel like it's a similar tone. I'm not sure if it's the same artist that you collaborate with or if it's you. Yeah, I think so. The um, I'm just trying to think. In deficit, there's probably like mm. a voice underneath that is the mother of my children. And she's just, okay. you know, she's kind of been close to the project. Yep. for a long time <laughs> she, she knows my work and uh, you know like she's not a trained singer or anything but I think she's got a great tonality yep. so it's really nice to kind of have her in the mix like and you know we have different kind of octave ranges so it's not like trying to do different things but just trying to sit as a complementary pair of voices but then I think on the track number eight mm-hmm. of Body Forty is the singer is this um, really great friend of mine called Rebecca Orchard, who's in a band called Erasers, and they're from Bulu over in WA. And so, yeah, you know, they're fantastic, and I collaborate on that whole track with them. So I love, I mean, I love collaborating. That's one thing I love doing. I love, mm-hmm. so with all, with Facade and the Body Full of Tears, most of the instrumental work is like different people who collaborated with me over the years and me kind of remixing their sounds from other projects into new songs yeah. and using the field recording, like bringing old stuff in with the new stuff and the, putting field recordings all together and, you know, just kind of seeing how that all kind of lands. So that's really nice. I love playing music with other people as well. Um, yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah, it's such a big thing. Yeah, yeah let's listen to Deficit and then we'll, I'm going to play after that song, Floor, um, which you had it in two albums. And uh, but we'll talk about it uh, after the visit is is finished. Yeah, we'll come back right. in a bit.
this was Deficit by Sia Shoeb, who's with us on the phone. You're tuning to Salam Radio Show. I'm Marushti and I'm here with Jahan Salam. as well. The next two songs I'm going to play are called um, Flow. One of them is on the EP A Body Full of Tear, or album. And the other one is in the EP or album Realignment by Sia Shoeb. And I want to listen to them, and then I want to talk, uh, and, and I want you to notice the difference as a listener, and then we'll talk to Sia about about those two tracks and the story behind them. Smash my face, it'll fix me up. Place the cards, map it out. Soothe me, your cause prescribed. Soften me now This is Flo, 
from Sia uh, Showeb's EP, A Body Full of Tear. And now I'm gonna play um, uh, the same song but in a different style called Floor, and it's from the Realignment album by uh, Showeb Ahmed. What a fun remix of the same track that we played before, Floor. This is on Realignment EP. Sia, are you still with us on the phone? I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, I really, I noticed those two tracks when I was listening to your EPs and albums. And I really wanted to ask you, um, yeah, uh, what they both sound very different. Um, the last one we, I played is from the Realignment album and it sounds like uh, more of a club, club, clubby kind of track and the previous one is more punk rock, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so I'm wondering how, how did you, uh, do, do you remix your own tracks and yeah, how did you think about this idea for this track? Yeah, totally. Um, so with the second version, the more clubby one. So I was mm. really lucky um, that so I don't 
I do muck around with different versions of my own tracks, but with the realignment um, record, like I was saying, I love collaborating, but one of my most favourite ways of collaborating is actually like just getting in touch with artists I really love mm. and getting them, seeing if they'd be interested in remixing my work. Because I love, weirdly enough, I love having a bit of distance from my music and kind of being able to listen to something that that has my sonic, um, you know, fingerprints, has like my song songwriting like I can kind of hear the original but actually it's like mm. it's so real it's so refreshing and like it's kind of really hard for me to listen to someone like pay respect to your work and then mm. give it their own flavor and feel and so with the original that was it wasn't really written as a song per se it's definitely a bit punk rock definitely that post-punk feel yeah. like it's and it's a funny one because the lyrics were written before I made any of the music, which isn't my usual style. It was kind of like written as a poem. Mm. And then, but the beat that's there throughout the whole track, that's an iPhone recording as well of me just playing some drums in my studio, like a beat mm. I had. And rather than like recorded properly, I just jacked the beat. So it's like sampling already, it. you know? <laughs> you know? And it's just like, let's just do it. Because that was the thing, like, yeah. I was really, when I was making those records, it was lockdown and I didn't really have access to my studio. So I was at home at my dining table looking through all these old recordings and all these sounds I've gathered and thinking about how I can... But I was really in this space of wanting to make music, so it was almost like a beat makers, hip-hop kind of collage record, which is pretty cool. Like, it was all made in Ableton, made all in box, but using real instrument sounds and real kind of... Um, real environmental sounds, just kind of looping and processing and all that. So that song, the guitar, is like played live by my friend Rupert, who plays with Rebecca and the Razors and the cello part at the end is, you know, done live by my friend Peter Hollow who plays in this band called Tangents. But, you know, so I mean, the drone that's underneath is a field recording that's been processed and that's of like a workshop that um, the singer Ruli Shabaro from Senyawa. Oh, wow. Indonesian. Yeah, it's like he was leading yeah. his workshop in Canberra and I was just then I was taking field recordings of like the participants doing like screaming exercises and stuff yeah. and then I manipulated that to create that drone and there's like another field recording towards the end that's been some extra rhythmic stuff which is like just the sound of water dripping into a drain in my aunt's house in Bangladesh you know like <laughs> so many different sounds and layers like an old school hip-hop record mm. and that was kind of my yeah. big influence but the remix is done by this fantastic Egyptian um, now based in Jordan Mm -hmm. artist called Digit, who yeah. I only discovered around that time I was making the record, I bought his um, kind of collected works, LP, Hyper Attention, the same time, like it was one of the, my favourite records while I was making my record, <laughs> so to speak, and he, the songs on that record really spoke to a lot of the um, 90s trip-hop music I was listening to, like early tricky records and stuff like that, so I was really in love with his music, and you know, when I was thinking about people to reach out to, I was like, oh, you know, who could that be? So, like, I reached out to um, Lorraine James for another track and the Indonesian duo Gabba Modus Operandi for another thing, yeah, which wow. is, you know, their music's so different to mine, but I I love all kinds of music. And, yeah. You know, I love, I love, as you know, I love electronic music, even if I'm not making full club work all the time myself. It's probably a very small amount of my 
actual uh, making, but I love listening to techno. I love listening to like mm -hmm. things, and I actually loved drum and bass growing up. Yeah. So, <laughs> I can hear that a bit. <laughs> yeah, so when DJ sends sends this remix back and it's like full drum so and bass good. breaks, I'm like, the, the you know little little me is like, oh, this is really great. <laughs> this is really exciting, and you know it's kind of that thing of like feeling really honored and privileged that they wanted they were up for the challenge they gave it they took it somewhere else and that was they really did. nice and you know like thinking about how to connect with different places around the world not just doing it with the music i make but with these connections with different artists and that was really exciting i think being able to like on that realignment record there was a couple of australian artists but then mm -hmm. there was like you know gabba who were based in john jakarta and yeah. digit who's there in um aman you know, mm. like, you know, I was like having to send in his fee for doing the work. I'm like using Western Union bank transfer and thinking <laughs> yeah. this is a real 21st century vibe, but I love it. <laughs> it's so cool that you mentioned GABA because that was what we were playing um, underneath our conversation before. It's one of the tracks that I picked from that album. And now I'm playing um, a Blown Out of tra Trace Art. Blown Out, Traced Out, by um, remixed by Lauren James, whom I love so much. Yeah, and she's <laughs> fantastic. And, like, yeah. again, her record for you and I yeah. was, like, something I really loved when it came out. So I just reached out to her, and she picked that track. And that track on the record, on a bloody, uh, on a body full of tears, ah. is just all voices. Okay. There's no beats or anything. So she, but that True. obviously spoke to her, and she added... She looped the voices, added all these other kind, of kind of musical parts, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's really cool," mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, because oh, I didn't notice that was a remix because I, yeah, the other track is so um, short as well. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it is. yes, that's correct. Yeah, it's oh, tiny, yeah, it's but she's really, you know, done her own thing with it, and yeah, yeah she's phenomenal. So it's kind of like, yeah, I'm really lucky. Yeah, I wanna like um. So the next track I'm playing is from your Breather Loop um, album. And it's number six or six two six. Um, yeah, it's probably six something, two yeah. two something, right? So it's yeah. great when the artist isn't hundred percent sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for our sake. Uh, six two six, and I wanna I wanted to play it. I want the listeners to listen to it, and then we'll talk about it. Awesome. All right, let's do that.
so before the song end this is our six to six um on breather loop uh album uh so yeah, yeah. i notice on this song um because i have it on ableton playing that the waveform is different for the left side than the right side i never seen this before um is that intentional no, it's so funny. I don't think I remember seeing <laughs> on the different channels. Um, but you know, I do love I love mucking around with like the stereo feel. Mm. It was all my with all my music. I think I really love you know, I tend to mix with headphones rather than the speakers and I really love mixing mixing my music so it is listened to in a like mm. sensitive space. Even the loud, and you know, like there is a lot of loud stuff in my catalogue, but even that, you know, like for me, noise is about feeling, having an ecstatic feeling, you know, like an overwhelming feeling. So even like the loud stuff, I kind of want to have it surrounding the the um the whole head, so to speak, when you're listening to it. So I guess if it is like fairly it's funny, I'll, I think I've got to do some homework and go back and <laughs> look at it on Ableton myself. It's yeah, interesting. It, it sounds amazing though. The Jahan was saying the drumming is really cool on it. Yeah, so. as a, as a drummer, ethnic drummer, I guess like <laughs> this is what I'm this is what I'm desperate to like replicate. <laughs> well, and you know, like for me, like those beats are kind of they're improvised beats from a really good collaborator collaborator of mine, but. They're beats from a different session, so I've kind of cut them up myself and okay. made them into loops oh. in different patterns as well. And for mm. me, with my own background, like in Indian, like Raga music and playing tabla, like mm. everything's so four-four in Western music. Yeah, you know, like married <laughs> techno <to> supremacy. <laughs> yeah, right. And you know, there's nothing wrong with a great something, you know, four-four beat, beat rock music, beat techno, beat hip hop. But mm. what I love in other music that I've kind of grown up with is like that sense of rhythm as very fluid mm. and being able to hear like polyrhythm you know I remember yeah. when I first you know like when you're learning dobla you're using your hands on two different drums and you're kind of doing polyrhythms between the two yeah. with your body and like the drum kit's an extension of that I guess and so it's really for me overlapping rhythms is quite nice and thinking about okay Say I've got this big recording of drums and I'm trying to make a beat loop. Mm. Maybe the beat loop is like in a four bar format that the guy's playing, you know, in like six or nine or something. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird, but it's not weird because it happens on a consistent basis. And that kind of bringing a normality to this kind of um, mm. arrhythmic sensibility is like, it's such a nice push and pull. And it's a good, ref it's, that to me is like a nod back to like, yeah, that kind of in between world between improvised music and jazz and mm. like kind of um yeah that indian rhythmic pattern stuff that i grew up with and it's kind of like a in its own way like in a rebellion against like the norm like like a big statement against yeah kind of like the the generic norms like the four four kind of yeah supremacy yeah totally i mean like and that's the thing right like what is normal anyway? Yeah. <laughs> if anything, it's to just like break down or like reinform the preconception of what normal could be. That actually, if it sounds good, it doesn't matter if it's supposed to be normal or not. It just sounds good. And mm -hmm. that I think as all listeners are able to do, we're all, I think our ears are tuned to hearing 
good music or great sound and mm. here's for what it is it's just that there's this preconception in the music making world of like how to make something and for me I don't know I'm just I might have been like I might have thought about that quite a lot like five years ago even but now it's just like I just want to do what sounds good and what sounds good to me yeah <laughs> and you know people you know like you know you heard my track and you're like hey can you come down or whatever and i was like yeah let's do it <laughs> and to me that's like that to me is more important than like making a hit you know <laughs> that it reaches yeah and communicates right to part. people yeah yeah it just makes sense to the right people and you know there's no point in trying to convert someone who's not going to be into it let them not be into it that's their prerogative but to me it's like if this music speaks to someone Mm. and they understand what it's about like you know we're talking about all the different layers and the way it kind of brings the world together in this sonic space and that's awesome you know I'd rather have that conversation with you too than like <laughs> have an argument with someone else yeah. <laughs> yeah what a beautiful song playing underneath us this is sliding into rivers I'm gonna let it play out and then we come back and talk to you we're nearing the end of the show, we got like <laughs> five minutes. Um, but yeah, we'll be back really shortly. You're tuning to Salam Radio Show. I'm your host, Marushti. And Jahan. Jahan. And we're here with Sia Shoheb. Yeah, I'm so sad that we're nearing the end of the show. We've only just started, haven't we? I know. <laughs> um, we might have actually, we're, uh, Salam might be extended uh, for two hours. But yeah, for now so we would love to have you back for yeah. to speak double the time. I would, I would love to come back. It's been so nice to chat. Yeah, um, just before we go, 
um, before we let you go, um, <laughs> <laughs> could you tell us, uh, is there any, any f future projects you're working on at the moment? Um, look, I mean, nothing, nothing too crazy. I kind of, um, there should be a recording of a live performance I did at Phoenix Central Park up in, uh, on Gadigal Land in Sydney. That should be out in late October, and that's very much, it's a live recording of a performance I did. So very much, you know, field recordings, tones, guitar tones, improvised landscapes. That, that whole thing. And so I'm really excited to have that come out in the world because to me, that's kind of, it's a good, you know, pure expression of what I'm trying to do at the moment. So I hope, I hope that comes out, you know, without too much delay. There's a lot of things that are happening, you know, with a lot of delays at the moment, so hopefully without too much, but that should be out before the end of the year. And then, um, you know, I'd like to come back down. Yes, please do. Down to Melbourne <laughs> sometime soon. So yeah. you might see me down there. I'm working on like some, I've got a commission for a violin player um, at the end of the year, so that'll be quite interesting. That should be, I think that will actually be at Abbotsford Conference in November. Oh, oh so, so you'll be here. So yeah. I will keep you both posted. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not, I'm not playing a whole lot, but it's okay yeah. because I think, to me, having that space between performance and making is really, it's actually good for me. Like, I've been doing it for a long time and, you know, to keep myself fresh, to have that, you know, space is not a bad thing at all. So when something happens, it's, you know, after good reflection, and yeah, it'll be nice. I mean, like I said, hopefully I'll be down your way sooner rather than later. But otherwise, yeah, just keep an ear out. There might be something. There's always seems to be something. I just never, never really know when and why, but it happens. So, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, how can people follow you and be updated with your uh, work? Yeah, look, the best thing to do is, if you're on the socials, follow yeah. me on Instagram, uh, which is my tag is Sia X-Ray, S-I-A-X-R-A-Y. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, my music, I t I'm, you know, super DIY. So my music's mm -hmm. on Bandcamp, um, yeah. as Shaweb Ahmad, one word, S-H-O-E-B-A-H-M-A-D.bandcamp.com. They're the best ways to go and like, just keep keep track of what I'm doing, what's coming out and what's happening. My Instagram's full of like food pictures and <laughs> records I buy, so you know, you can That's see perfect. what I'm eating and listening to as well. <laughs> and we'll be sure to post um, both your Bandcamp and your socials on our Instagram page. Yeah. So. And always so. happy to chat to people, so anyone who's listening and wants to chat, just hit me up on the DM. Perfect. Yeah. I'm always here for a chat. <laughs> I can vouch for that. And um. yeah, I'll, I'll be first on the line. <laughs> please, please, please. Um, yeah, I also want to remind the listeners that um, you came to Melbourne on the 8th of July and performed at Iowa uh, Syndicate Party. Um, it's a collective that tries to highlight artists from the Swana region and beyond. And we had Sia play at Miscellanea and perform an amazing one-hour live set. And it's up on SoundCloud. I can listen to it. We're going to upload it as well on our podcast page. So you can go to uh, 3cr.org.au and search Salam Radio Show. You'll find our podcast page and you can listen back to this um, show, which we will upload later uh, this week. And on it, we'll, we'll put some links for um, Sia's um, Insta and Bandcamp and also her mix on SoundCloud for Awa. Thanks, Sia, for being on the show. 
Uh, it was hey, so much fun. Thank you so much for having me, and it's been really nice connecting with you since yeah. the Iowa party. And you know, it's yeah. so great that you know Salam Radio Show is a show like it is. You know, celebrating artists' music from this part of the world, mm. and um, you know, cultures and. To me, it's really great to, you know, know what's happening and be involved. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Take care. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.